today on Ag News Daily. In one area that we've been um, a little bit more fo- a little bit more focused on the last few years has been our planting segment, our seed demand product line. Um, you know, we've had uh, our Sure Force, which is our hydraulic downforce and uplift solution. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Tech Tuesday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell joined by Ashton Carr. Hopefully everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Ashton, what did you do for your Labor Day celebrations? Well, I went to the lake yesterday and just kind of hung out with some friends, kept it kept it real simple. Well, that is always good. Good to catch up, good to relax after uh, working hard. Absolutely. Well, I tell you what, I got back from Montana yesterday afternoon. I am sunburnt. I am tired today at work, but uh, that's part of the Labor Day coming back from work, I suppose you could say. But it was fantastic. Got to see a lot of cool things while I was out there and uh, talked to, you know, actually some park rangers about some different ag issues that ranchers face out in that part of the country, like having bison spread disease or encroach on their cattle ground. So just really interesting stuff that I learned out there about uh, Montana agriculture. Wow, it sounds really neat. I might have to do a little bit of digging myself to see if we can share some of that information with our listeners. Absolutely. It's just a cool life out there. I think I think that's where I'm going to retire to someday is the West. Absolutely. I love it out here in West Texas, but uh might be a little bit too south for you. Might be a little bit too far south, but uh, no worries whatsoever. I I'd, I'd take it over uh the cold gross Iowa weather we're getting today, but you know, speaking of weather Ashton, I saw that some folks in South Dakota, some folks in Colorado, some folks in Montana and Wyoming are all getting some cold weather. They've gotten snow in parts of the Western Plains and out West. They're getting some snow, going to be a little chillier here for the next few days. And then it's going to probably lighten back up and get a little warm again as uh, things move forward. But frost, they think, can be a concern for some folks. And so... Yeah, we'll just have to keep an eye on that, but uh, definitely some inclement weather coming again. So I tell you what, nobody has been spared this year when it comes to weather. We've seen the derecho, we've seen a hurricane, wildfires were out there. When I was out in Montana, there were wildfires going on. So a lot of uh, different weather patterns impacting our farmers right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually looking on my weather app earlier because we're supposed to be receiving some rain within the next two or three days here in Lubbock. And it said, not that it was raining in Lubbock, but that there was dust. All it said was dust. And I looked out my window and there is a little bit of a dust storm going on. So a little bit crazy down here. But other than the weather, I am keeping my eye out for CFAP. And as you guys know, the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program has been going on. And this Friday, September 11th, is when applications close. That's the deadline for submitting for the specialty crop growers out there. So if you have not applied for CFAP, I would recommend you do so. And as of August 31st, CFAP payments to specialty crop growers was at $528 million of the total $9.44 billion in payments to agriculture producers, including livestock and dairy producers. 
And according to the USDA, of the top 10 payments by commodity includes table stock russet potatoes at number eight with $63.45 million and strawberries at a number nine with $39.73 million. And almond growers have received $88.33 million. And so we will keep an eye out on those numbers and report those back to you once deadlines close. Yeah, we should find out something, though, this week for what's going to go on for a kind of a CFAP 2.0, if you will. But, you know, another thing we're watching this week or going to find out is how negotiations are going between the U.S. and Great Britain or the U.K. Negotiations are supposed to start again today for trade talks as the December 31st deadline for the U.K. to break away or the Brexit deal approaches. So, the U.S. is gearing up. They're going to talk about ag. They're going to talk, you know, pretty specifically about beef. And I think agriculture is going to be a big component of what this theoretical a trade agreement is going to look like between the U.S. and the U.K., but they've got to get through that Brexit deal first, get that kind of off the docket here, and uh, then they'll move full steam ahead, it sounds like, for negotiating a free trade agreement with the United States. Well, that is nice to hear that they are trying to move forward with that, but I have some news coming from China. The U.S. is considering banning cotton or products made with cotton from the Xinjiang region of China over human rights concerns. So I read earlier today that the administration of President Trump is thinking of putting a ban on products made of cotton from that region in China due to those alleged human rights violations. And from what I understand, a ban has yet to be put in place, but we might see one later today. I, I even read that maybe Tuesday we would see a ban on those products. But reports of forced labor against minority Muslims have come through. Now, back in March, lawmakers here in the U.S. had proposed a legislation aimed at preventing goods made with forced labor in the Xinjiang region of China to reach shelves in the U.S. So from the looks of it, this has been an ongoing issue. And I think a ban like this would obviously impact the cotton market. So I will continue to keep an eye out today and later this week, of course, on whether or not the U.S. goes through with this ban. Well, and I want to follow up on a piece of news going right along with this, Ashton. This kind of threw the text for me about a week ago, but the Office of Management and Budget, the OMB, OMB office, has directed quite a few U.S. government agencies to submit what they're calling cross-cutting data on federal funding or aids that have supported China directly or indirectly. So essentially, they're asking agencies to look through a myriad of documents and find all of the funds or things that we have been doing to help China, whether it's direct aid, indirect aid, etc. And they are going, they haven't exactly shared what they're going to do with all of this information, but they said they're going to use it to quote, inform policymakers on all of the ways that the U.S. government is spending money involved with China. And so it is widely speculated that, you know, this information could be used as a leveraging tool when they're continuing to negotiate here towards the phase two trade agreement. It's also been speculated that perhaps they will, you know, put new tariffs in place again if we don't see China continuing to come to the table. Uh, So it's just something to keep an eye on, you know, 
don't know exactly what's going to happen there yet, but could be another fuel to the fire, if you will, another stick to the fire um, moving forward. Absolutely, Delaney. And of course, like you said, we'll continue to keep an eye out on that. But other than that, what news headlines are you following today? You know what? It's a little bit of a slower news day coming back from the holiday weekend this week. So I think that was pretty much all the news I had wrapped up for today. What about you, Ashton? You know, I am pretty much in the same boat, just hearing a little bit about the wildfires going out in the West and specifically, not specifically, over in in California. So just Mm -hmm. kind of keeping my eye out on the weather and the climate climate change discussions going on right now. But like you said, it's a little bit of a slow news day. So I'm all out. Yeah, it is. It is definitely sparking some climate change discussions. We've got wildfires in Colorado, Montana, California. I think it's primarily those three states. Uh, So definitely keeping those ranchers and folks in our thoughts and prayers. But taking a look at the commodity markets today, of course, we didn't have a market money a discussion with yesterday being Labor Day. We will continue, of course, that next week. And, you know, we have seen commodities continue to strengthen here ahead of Thursday's WASD report. So be keeping an eye out for that. We might have an analyst on to chat about the WASD if it ends up being some sort of, you know, headline, uh, headline news. So we'll keep an eye on that. But in the meantime, Ashton, what do you say? Should we take a look at where today's commodities closed? Let's do it, Delaney. And looking off here at the September corn chart, up three and three quarter cent today to close at 351 even. The December adding on three and three quarter cented well to close at 361 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, strength continues here as we are nearing finally that $10 mark. The September and November contract both closed up on the day at 973 even. In the wheat pits, they could not sustain recent rallies as the September contract pulled back six and a half cents to close at 533 and a quarter. The December down six cents to close at 544 and a quarter. Hopping over to take a look at the livestock pits, green across the screen is the October cattle contract up a buck 32 at 105.77. The December added $1.65 to close at 110.12. In the feeder cattle pits, the October contract added $1.35 to close at 139.85. The November up $1.20 to close at 140.72 and half. In the lean hog pits, the October contract added seven pennies today to close at 59.90. The December up 42.5 cents to close at 58.67 and a half. And rounding out our markets with the class three dairy milk futures, September shed 22 cents on the day to close at 16.84. October losing six cents to close at 18.83. Without further ado, Ashton, tell us who we're talking to for today's Tech Tuesday interview. Today, we are talking to the North America Sales Manager for Ag Leader, Luke James. Today on the podcast for our Hashtag Tech Tuesday segment, we are talking to Luke James, who's the North America Sales Manager for Ag Leader. Luke, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, me too. I always love talking to folks out in the technology industry because I'm totally not a techie, science-y person, I would say. So always love getting out there and and talking to to folks like you. But before we get into the nitty-gritty of Ag Leader, because you guys have a ton of stuff going on from the looks of it on your website. So why don't you give our listeners a 10,000-foot look at what 
Ag Leader is and maybe a little bit more about what your job entails. Yeah, yeah, you bet. 10,000 feet, that's a long ways up. Um, <laughs> if we look down 10,000 feet, we would see, uh, you know, Ag Leader has been focused on the full farm solution for, you know, a number of years. And that's what we've really been known for. Um, our, our displays are kind of our bread and butter product, right? So those displays you can use for yield monitoring out in the field with your combine, which is pretty, pretty relevant to this time of year. You can also use that same display for guidance and steering. You can use it in your planter. You can use it in your sprayer. You can use it when you're applying uh, fertilizer. Uh, so it has a ton of use across the whole operation. So we've really continued to expand on those product lines. And one area that we've been um, a little bit more a little bit more focused on the last few years has been our planting segment, our seed command product line. Um, you know, we've had uh, our Sure Force, which is our hydraulic downforce and uplift solution that we released a couple years ago um, that's you know an industry leader in that in that technology uh, we also just released our sure speed which is our uh, variable speed high speed planting solution um, that really gives you uh, awesome awesome seed placement no matter how fast you're going whether you're planting two mile an hour or you're planting 12 mile an hour, we can control that seed all the way down into the seed bed. Uh, and then we announced that product this summer. Well, actually, we announced it last winter. We started taking orders this summer and we'll start shipping that product um, in November. So that's been a pretty major product release for us. Been a lot of focus there. Uh, we also continue to expand on, on our connectivity product line. So I mentioned you know, full farm solution. When you think about that, you think about equipment and you think about machinery but one area that we've also been innovating in is that whole data and machine to machine communication technology um, which we call our agfinity platform that's that's our online platform um, and we recently came out with a new product that will be available full release for this fall called cardace which actually enables the grain cart to auto steer um, based on that combine's path. So if you think about this way, you could set an offset based on the unloading auger and the grain guard operator could pull up next to the combine, tap a button on the screen and it'll auto steer based on that combine's pass um, as you're moving through the field. So really enables the grain guard operator to focus on a lot of other things that are going on during that time or during that operation. Uh, we've heard it multiple times from our dealers. We've heard it multiple times from growers. Finding help has been has been a challenge within agriculture for a while. So we're trying to think, we're trying to figure out what are some things that we can bring to market that can help make those operators even better, um, even if they don't have a lot of experience running a grain cart. And maybe it's a forty foot uh, bean platform that they're unloading next to, and maybe there's only a couple couple feet of clearance. So there's a lot of room for error right there. If you're inexperienced, you know you can get yourself in a pretty bad. Pretty bad situation, but if you're using a feature like Cardace, we could auto steer and make sure that we maintain that maintain that proper distance and don't run in the head. So, it's a tool that we're really really excited about. Um, you know, that grain cart operator is not only going to be able to auto steer, but they're going to see some visibility into what's happening on that combine. We'll have a sensor um, that will be installed inside of the grain tank. So, if that operator is sitting at the end of the field and maybe they're 18 years old and they're on uh, Instagram and they're looking at something 
they can see how full that grain tank is. So they don't risk that operator having to stop in the middle of the field because they're full and the grain cart operator is still sent on, on into the field. I know that's a, I've been involved in that. I know that's a pretty frustrating point when you're waiting for your grain cart guy to come or, or gal to come because you're, you're already full. So you got visibility into that as well. So it, again, it's just technology that's going to make that operator even more efficient and be, um, be even better at their job. Uh, honestly. So that's kind of the big stuff that we've been working on is just continuing to add, add inside of that connectivity piece. Um, so my role at Ag Leader, so I lead our North America sales team. So we have about, we have 11 territory managers that cover the U.S. and Canada um, at the moment. So my job is to lead them um, to, um, you know, help them come up with strategies for their territories. Um, we have overall company sales and marketing strategies um, that we've rolled out kind of nationally, but then we, you know, we'll take those and apply them to the different territories. So I'll work with them on their own plans for those territories. You know, I interact a lot with their network um, across North America, whether it's getting feedback from them or it's uh, changing or implementing, um, different programs or additional resources to help support them. Uh, we have quite a few partners across, across North America and we're the one initiative that we've had at Ag Leaders. We really poured a lot of resources um, into our dealers and into our key partners. And we're trying to um, just really help them however we can um, as a, as a partner to be successful. So we know if they're successful and they're supporting their customers well, then it will be successful in turn. So Wow, like that's a lot to take in and it's really exciting and, and pretty endearing to hear that Ag Leader and you know other ag tech companies are so committed to helping the farmer. But I want to take things back to kind of what you initially said about your your you know broad platform. So I, I did a little bit of research and so are you you're talking about in command, is that correct? Uh, in command would be the name of our displays. So oh, the, displays, yes. Yeah, yeah, the displays. So the in-command 1200 would be our, our flagship display, uh, which would be what you'd have in the cab of the tractor, combine, sprayer, whatever vehicle you're in. Um, that would actually be controlling or, or reading, taking readings of whatever you're hooked to. So that would be your yield monitor. That would be your planter monitor. That would be your sprayer control monitor. Um, we also have an 800, which is just kind of smaller display uh, does a few less features um, but but still a very capable display so is cart ace for instance is that just an add-on to the in-command display or is that something completely different uh, yeah it's a great question um, i didn't really explain that well um, a lot of moving pieces and some of this stuff but so the display you'd have to have the display in in each in each vehicle. So you'd have to have an uh, in-command display in the combine, and you'd have to have an in-command display in the grain cart tractor. The cart ace piece, that's that's just a name really. Um, but the cart ace piece, just the name, name for a feature, uses those displays, but then it also uses our connectivity platform, uh, which is called Agfinity. So it's kind of our our cloud-based platform. So it's how those via how those vehicles would communicate with each other. So you'd have an internet connection in the combine, you'd have an internet connection in the grain cart, 
and they'd be sending information up to the cloud and the other machine would be grabbing that information and bringing it back into that display. So it'd be sharing information back and forth. So the Cardius feature is actually just a piece of the um, Agfinity platform. So if you have the Agfinity platform, if you've unlocked your displays to communicate with each other, then you would have access to that feature. The only additional thing that you would need to buy is if you wanted that brain tank uh, sensor that I mentioned. It's not required that you have that, but if you want that to get some visibility into how much grain is in that tank at any time, um, you just need to purchase that additional tool or that additional product. Yeah, Luke, you know, you're exactly right. There's a lot of moving pieces, but when they all work together, you know, it, it turns out great. But uh, I just, I have one question and it's just dealing with, with costs because, you know, with all those moving parts, things can, can get a little bit expensive for, for farmers and producers. So what does uh, some of your products, what do they run for? Uh, yeah, that's, that's the, that's the million dollar question. They don't actually cost a million dollars, but that's the million dollar question, right? Because <laughs> it depends on what you're doing, right? Or what you want to do. So there's so many, there's so many different variables there. You know, if you want to use, if you're using that, that in command 1200 in your combine and you're using it for yield monitoring, you're already getting the value there, right? So a lot of our customers probably already have that display in their cab of their tractor. Or, or combine, excuse me. Um, if they're using a display in the grain cart, uh, it may be a new display that they purchased to do the car dates, or or maybe one that they pulled out of their sprayer that they were using um, already on the year. So it really it's hard to put a cost to it because there's so many different variables that could go into it. Um, I mean, best bet would be to contact a local ag leader dealer kind of better understand what you already have and then what you're going to need um, to make it work. Because for some people, it may not, may not cost anything because they may already have all the products and, and they're using them under other operations. And for some people, it may cost you know, thousands of dollars depending on what they need to buy. So it's, that's a good question. I understand the question, but it's a tough one to answer because it really depends on are you starting brand new with nothing or do you already have pieces of equipment or maybe you already have it all on the farm? Does that, does that make sense? I know it doesn't yes. exactly answer your question, but. No, it, it certainly does. And, you know, I wasn't expecting, you know, a pinpoint answer just because like we discussed, there's so many different parts and pieces that you have to put together. But with, with that being said, is there specific crops that you guys are working with or producers, you know, are you seeing more corn producers using this or more, soybean producers or, or anything like that? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. So what types of users do we see? Um, I mean, we're, we're based out of the corn belt, right? So we're based in Ames, Iowa. So of course we have a lot of corn and soybean users, but we've got a lot of users that have used this feature with wheat harvest um, has been pretty popular. I mean, really any type of yield monitoring um, activity that our display can record, we could use it for that operation. So it could be Wheat, it could be corn and soybeans, it could be sorghum, it could be, um, it could be um, other small grains. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different crop types that could be used within it. It's not really crop specific. So as long as we can yield monitor it, then we could use it for this, for this feature. 
Well, awesome, Luke. I just have one more question before I let you go. Where can our listeners find you guys on the web or social media so they can hopefully get in contact with someone from Ag Leader to talk more about their operation needs? Yeah, yeah, great question. So agleader.com is our website. Um, if you go to Twitter or Facebook or um, Instagram or even YouTube, we've got different channels there. So you just type in Ag Leader, you'll find, you'll find pretty much all of our handles there. Well, awesome. Thank you again, Luke, for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Have a great day. Big thank you again to Luke for coming on the podcast today. It was wonderful to chat with him about what Ag Leader is doing, and they seem very busy over there. So I really appreciate him taking the time out of his day to come on and and chat with us about their platform and their displays and, and all the good stuff that they have coming in the next year or so. Absolutely. There's always good things coming down the pipeline for agriculture, even with all the challenges we face with weather. And otherwise, we're always moving forward and we're always covering those topics, pushing us forward on the Ag News Daily podcast. You can find us at Ag News Daily on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Ashton, with that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.